Welcome to the Twee Couch Guitar Therapy Session where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch we are counseling on foot problems. Well, as you can tell from the intro music, this is another week where I had no one to podcast with, but I had some time on my hands, so I'm going to go ahead and discuss some common ailments that plague a musician. As mentioned already, I am not a licensed therapist, or at least a licensed mental therapist. I am a licensed physiotherapist, educator, and doctor of chiropractic. In the state of Texas, I have the education and certification to diagnose, treat, and educate on conditions associated with musculoskeletal conditions, basically muscles and joints. So without further ado, today's ailment is foot problems. But how can foot problems affect your ability to play guitar? What symptoms should be alarming? Should I go see a doctor? Could it really be a problem in the low back or the neck? Who treats it? What is thrombophlebitis? And did WebMD really tell me that I might be a diabetic? Well, we will discuss this and more on the Tweed Couch. I want to say thank you to all the people who are joining in for some group therapy because it's not just me. And I know this sounds like it's a solo thing because the music was different and all that, but really, this is because you listen. If nobody was listening, I would just call my friends. But because I know there are other people involved, I enjoy being able to put these out when I can. So thank you to all 77 countries around this globe that come and listen to me and listen to really just anything guitar. I realize that it's not just me that you're coming here to listen to. You also love listening to the people who come on this. But then on top of it, I think you relate. And I appreciate that. Whether you agree or not is a completely different story, but the fact that you relate well enough that you would want to listen and be a part of it and be a part of this community, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. A quick shout out to the countries. I have a top four that listen. And of course, United States, that would make sense. This is the language, but also the United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. Thank you all for listening to the Tweed Couch. As for the states, the United States, I do want to have a little bit of a shout out to the top five states that listen to the podcast. So thank you, Texas. Okay, that's 50% of the listens. Of course, I'm from Texas, so that makes sense. But also Tennessee, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, and California. Thank you all so much. You make up a larger percentage than the other states, and I just want to give a bigger shout out there. So with all that said, let's go ahead and let's start talking about what it is we're here to talk about, which is something that could keep us from doing the thing we love. We love guitar. We love playing it. We love looking at them. We love collecting them. We love selling them. We love the gear. And the thing is, is that there is a condition that can hold us back from it. And that is a foot condition. Whether you are a full-time musician or a hobbyist, foot problems can drastically change the way that you enjoy the guitar and your gear. I get it. For those of you without foot issues, you can't believe that foot problems would mess with someone who uses their hands to play an instrument. 
but this really is a problem that can and will keep a musician from playing. So before we get to the conditions and the symptoms, let's first talk about a few things that a musician does that can aggravate the foot. Like for example, poorly fit shoes. We all know Converse are rock and roll, boots are rock and roll, and you know what? A lot of times it's the wrong shoe. Heavy equipment. If you're hauling your own PA, you're hauling your own amps, all of those, we know heavy equipment and the distance you have to travel it. That can cause some issues. Amount of equipment to be hauled. You've got your sails, possibly your PA gear, your music gear, the set design, wardrobe. It could be a lot of different things. Another factor could even be the type of stage that you're playing on. A flatbed trailer, a parking lot, the ground, the steps, the decking, small size of stage so you're just stuck in one spot. Speaking of stage, it could even be the surface the stage is made out of. Maybe it's concrete, could be wood, grass, dirt, rock, plastics. There's a lot of things that go into the surface. It could even be the way that you do your travel. Or maybe you are seated for long periods of time while you're playing or in that long road trip to get to the show. And the last one I have might be surprising, but even poor diet. Sugary meals, alcohol, meat and cheese only because that's the way a musician really wants to live. Yeah, this can be a thing too. So if you are guilty of any of these, then stick around and we are going to talk about the two most common groupings of symptoms that you are either currently experiencing or may experience. And we will do this after a quick word from just one of our sponsors. So stick around for about 15 seconds and you get to hear about Kretzman Guitars. Since 2003, the Kretzmann Guitar Company has been repairing and building guitars. In 2021, Kretzmann started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, awesome looking and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmannGuitars.com. All right, so to make this fun, what we are gonna do is we are gonna take some symptoms that commonly came into the clinic and we're going to put this into WebMD, and we're just going to see what conditions come out. Now, the symptoms that often would come into the clinic for someone who said that they had foot problems is they would say that their foot hurts, the heel hurts, or maybe the heel is tender, and there was pain in the arch of their foot. Okay, so I know that immediately I'm already thinking this is probably plantar fasciitis, this is probably a heel spur, it could be any of those types of things. And so I'm going to go ahead and type this into WebMD and see what they give me as their differential diagnosis. Basically, what conditions could it possibly be? And it looks like, number one, plantar fasciitis. Okay, good job. Then gout. Ooh, okay, so that's an arthritis. Interesting. Plantar warts. Okay, usually you'd see a bump. Thrombophlebitis. Wow. Okay. Stress fracture. Ooh, I like that one too. Okay, so their top five are all really good ones. So I will go ahead and start with the one that probably makes the most sense and actually is probably something that if you are over the age of 40, 
you might be dealing with this. I have actually a family member as well as a really good friend of mine who has recently come to me and said, I've got these issues and they are guitar players. So let's go ahead and let's do plantar fasciitis first. How does this condition classically present? And classically, it'll show up as pain in the heel or arch of the foot. Most common, it happens in runners and overweight people. This is largely because the body is trying to build up some sort of a stability in the bottom of the foot due to this overuse or this overstress. So yes, the type of shoe, the walking surface, the structure of the foot arch, all these things can play a role in this condition. So imagine this. Throw a bunch of Lego blocks on the ground and then walk barefoot blindfolded over them. But as you walk blindfolded over these Legos, you don't hit different spots on your foot. You keep hitting one spot over and over and over again. And that spot is at the heel of the foot and it radiates pain all over the place. You now have a small understanding of what it's like to live with plantar fasciitis. It's tight all the time. It does not feel amazing. Even when you're not moving, sometimes it's still hurting. So it's pretty bad. So how do we end up treating this? Because after all, we do need our feet. We need to stand and play. We need to move around the stage. We need to haul the gear. We need to step on the pedals. So let's get this thing treated. One of the best is to freeze a 16 ounce bottle of water. You know, one of those cheap ones that you get from like Walmart or Sam's or Costco or whatever. And you take one of those, you freeze it up, and while seated, you have a bare foot and you just roll that plastic ice cube, essentially, over the arch of your foot. Just from the ball of your foot, all the way back to your heel, and then from the heel to the ball of the foot, and then the ball of the foot back to the heel, and you just move back and forth, applying some decent pressure. The whole point is to drop some inflammation, break up some tissue, and just find a way to numb the pain a little bit naturally in that area. When you're done with that, the next best thing is to go ahead and take like a golf ball or a lacrosse ball or maybe even like a pool ball and just go ahead and roll it on the bottom of the foot, but do it in all directions. Don't just go back and forth, but go side to side and at an angle. Maybe try to write your name using your foot or something just to go ahead and break that up. So you're still seated. You're still applying some decent pressure. The third thing to do is to do foot arch and calf stretches. Like these things can do wonders for the bottom of the foot. And you might be thinking, really? Like the calf? Yes, because the calf actually attaches all the way down to the heel of the foot. And so sure enough, if you can loosen up that calf leads all the way down to that Achilles tendon, then yes, it will do a number of things to help you out. Keep in mind the point of all of these exercises and what you're doing is you're trying to aid in gaining flexibility and creating joint support. If you can do both of those things, then you're going to be able to treat this and do it quickly. 
Some will say that you could also use a brace, and the brace that people use is this plantar fasciitis night splint, which basically forces the ankle to be in a dorsiflex or a toe-up position, and when it does that, it causes this stretch, and it stays stretched. It doesn't allow the muscle to really tighten up, and when you cause that to happen, essentially, you have aided in your ability to get up in the morning and have less fatigue, less problems. So I'm going to go ahead and mention how to prevent this condition of plantar fasciitis. And one of the best ways to prevent plantar fasciitis is to make sure that you have good quality shoes. And I understand Converse are rock and roll. And I understand your boots are rock and roll. And ladies, I understand, well, or gentlemen, I understand that heels might just fit what you do. And I'm telling you, maybe just save it for the show. It doesn't have to be all the time. I know. I know. You think I'm crazy. But at the same time, if you actually are a trendsetter, then you're going to set a trend wearing New Balance or Nike or orthopedic sass. I don't know. I'm just saying, just let it be. Do what you need to do in order to make sure that you can prevent this from happening. Another thing is to go ahead and do stretches. Do calf stretches. Do arch of the foot stretches. Be proactive if you know that this is something that's been in your family before or is something that you have actually suffered from before. All right, let's move on to the next one. And the next one is gout. I'll go a little quicker through these because some of these are not really all that common. So we won't go as in-depth as plantar fasciitis because I feel like that one is one that people really are plagued with. So let's just go ahead and talk about gout. And I actually have a patient story for this one. I had a patient come in who had shoulder pain and he was complaining about this, this deep pain and it was swollen and every time he touched it, it hurt. And as I was looking at it, I was going, this is not ligament. This is not tendon. This is not muscle. The joint itself, it, it seems to be moving okay, but it definitely is inflamed. And we decided to go ahead and do an x-ray because you never know. There might be something that you could see on that, even though probably better to, to do some other type of imaging. And what ended up occurring was something that still shocks me today because gout is one of those things that is found in the big toe usually. Usually. You find it on the x-ray, it actually looks like the joint is being eaten up. It's super crazy to see. And it's because of this buildup of uric acid. And this guy had classic signs of gout. And so I asked him right away and said, what does your diet look like? And he said, well, I got the three main groups. Beer, cheese, meat. I went, okay. All right, I think you might have gout and you need to go see someone else because I do not treat that. And sure enough, that's exactly what he had. He went, he got treated, and I, I have no idea where he is now because I haven't seen him in so long, but his shoulder pain did start going away. So let's talk about why this happens. Because of basically the toxins in your blood not getting filtered out by the kidney, and it's not because your kidneys are failing, it's because you have so much of it, the kidneys can't keep up. It starts to deposit and crystallize 
around your joints. And it also ends up getting on the outer part of your skin sometimes, and it can cause a lot of issues. So really one of the best ways to prevent this one from happening is make sure that you eat vegetables. And I understand you're like, no, vegetables is what my food eats. No, you need to eat the vegetables too, all right? It, It will be helpful, and also watch how much drinking how much meat, how much cheese you end up having. I understand it's football season. I'm so, so sorry. Real quick, I'm going to go ahead and mention plantar warts, not because we really need to go over it because there's not a whole lot you can do to prevent it. I mean, you can keep yourself from walking barefoot and showers and getting cuts on the bottom of your feet and all that kind of stuff, but really... It just happens, so you're better off just knowing how to treat it. And one of the things you can do to to help with it is you can get one of those like band-aids that's kind of like a donut that goes around it. Because essentially what it feels like is it feels like there's a rock in your shoe all the time, like a pebble. And it really is annoying. And so if you get one of those like little donut stickers that go around it to give it a little bit of a cushion, then you just don't feel it as much. Either way, it's still there and it's super annoying. And most of the time, they just go away on their own within a year. Sometimes two, sometimes three. But they will just go away on their own and then never return. At the same time, if you're one of those people who's super impatient, you can try and freeze it off. You could elect to do a surgery. They do have some medications that you can use. So there's a lot of different things to try and, and work on that. And I find that really they're all hit or miss. All of them. I had a patient who swore that duct tape worked. You put duct tape over it and then it just magically goes away within a week. And I have never seen that happen with anybody else. But evidently it works for them. It kind of reminds me of that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, where the guy just sprayed Windex on everything. And that was his cure for most things was, yeah, just spray some Windex on it and it'll be fine. Yeah. So anyway, there's that one. The next one's going to be pretty quick too because thrombophlebitis is... One of those that's relatively rare, but at the same time, if you have a lot of travels, you are overweight, you are doing transatlantic flights, or you're driving for hours upon hours upon hours in a vehicle over and over again, yeah, you could end up having this happen. So let me break apart the word for you. So Latin and Greek terms actually help you understand what it's saying. The term thrombo means to clot. The term phleb means vein and itis means inflammation. So this is inflammation of the vein because it's clotting. And when this occurs, we also refer to this as something called a thrombus. And if it breaks free, we call it an embolus. And these are all terrible conditions that are of the cardiovascular system And you will notice that you have a lot of pain in the calf most of the time and that it's warmer than normal. You might even get a fever and it can radiate pain down to the foot and have all of that going on. But the reason why I even bring it up is because if this sounds like you, you need to go to the doctor immediately because this is something that if it does break free, can end up causing some larger issues like a pulmonary embolism or something like that. So thrombophlebitis, it's terrible. All right, let's do the next one. 
And our next one is the last one, and this is a stress fracture. And more commonly in the foot is we're going to call this a march fracture. And what a march fracture is, is this is a fracture that happens, of course, in the foot. And it's usually due to an excess amount of weight and going for long distances on some sort of a walk or hike, or run, or something like that. And the reason why they call it a march fracture is it actually goes back to the military, because these people would go for a 15 or 20 mile hike with their 50 or 80 pound backpack with all of their gear and everything, and some of the soldiers would get a fracture. And this fracture would happen in one of their tarsal bones or metatarsal bones. That doesn't matter, it's in the foot. And uh, this can happen to musicians. And the reason why I know that this can happen to musicians is I know we're carrying the sound system. We are carrying our amps. We are lugging stuff over and over again, and we're doing it in our Converse, or we're doing it in whatever shoe that probably isn't really supportive. And this is a real thing that can happen to us. There can be a stress fracture that just happens by doing your normal day-to-day stuff. So with that, how do you treat it? You really don't. They might put you in a boot. They might do something like that. But you got to take it easy. So how do you prevent it? Well, a lot of it is you just take lighter loads and you wear better shoes. That's really what you got. That actually reminds me of a story that I had from on the road. We had a pretty active show and we would move around a lot and we'd jump off of things and I would jump off of kick drums or I'd jump off of an amp and our bass player would climb scaffolding and would go up into the rafters of buildings and all that kind of stuff during the show. And it was super fun and we had a great time and sometimes the show was more active than good and sometimes it was more good than active and it was all over the place. But... The point that I have to this is I remember one time jumping off the kick drum and when I landed, my foot just hurt really bad. And for the next few weeks, it just continued to hurt. And I was, you know, wearing Converse because that's what we wore. That was the, the cool thing to do at the time. And I would actually do load in and load out in a different pair of shoes every once in a while because it just bothered me so much. And, you know, it's possible I had a stress fracture and I didn't really realize it. I mean, this is before the doctorate. This is back when it was pre-Dr. T doing what he did. So that could have been it. Well, all right, that was fun. I hope that if you have one of those conditions, you have now figured out how to be able to deal with that, treat that, or who to go see and if it is actually serious. But we're going to go ahead and we are going to toss some more symptoms into WebMD, something else that maybe would be plaguing you. We're going to put in foot feels weak, foot is numb, pain in the arch, and foot tingling or prickling. We're going to do that, but first, let's get another word from another sponsor. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Who doesn't 
love a party with a purpose. If you love music, family friendly, and camping, then you need to come to LifeFest. In 2023, they will host one of the largest music festivals in the United States, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'll see you there. Let's hear from our final sponsor. If you like my voice on this podcast, I am using a TechZone Audio Products Stellar X3, and I am honored for the opportunity to represent it. All right, let's go ahead and let's toss these symptoms into WebMD. Foot feels weak, foot numb, pain in the arch, foot tingling or prickling. And if again, you are currently on the other side of your headphones, phone or computer, and you are saying, yep, that's me for sure. Uh huh. Then what I just put into WebMD was the symptoms for what you'd expect for a herniated disc of the low back. Now, this is a condition that has plagued many of my patients and a few of my friends, and there are many treatments and therapies out there, and it is not a death sentence to those of you who are looking to be able to tour, exercise, play guitar, but let me go ahead and click continue and let's see what WebMD spits out, and we'll talk about those things. And WebMD's differential diagnosis is number one, lumbar herniated disc. Excellent. Number two, a diabetic neuropathy. Number three, lumbar spinal stenosis. Okay. Number four, cervical neck spondylosis. Okay. Number five, chronic kidney disease. Ooh, and number six, B12 deficiency. Well, this is a fun list, but you know what? We're going to focus on staying with what is it that plagues the musician. So let's go ahead and start with lumbar herniated disc because I know that plagues the musician often. Now, I could go into all the different things that you can do for low back pain, but we are not going to do that because I already did a solo therapy session back in episode 60 about lumbar low back issues. So if you want to know how to treat those things and what to do to prevent them and everything, you can go listen to that episode. But what I do want to do is go ahead and tell you how does this relate to the foot? Because the fact is, is that you've got your brain in your head, you've got your spinal cord in your spine, and then the nerves exit. And when they exit, they go to all over the body. We call that the peripheral nervous system. When it gets out there, it's there to do two things, really. Get sensory and do motor. What's happening in the environment and how am I going to respond to it, basically. And so in this instance, what's happening is because the nerve is occluded leaving, it can make the muscles weak because it's not getting all of the information out on how to respond. But more importantly, it's not getting the correct sensory in. And that's actually the big deal. So when the sensory is not right going into the spinal cord and into the brain, then it can't respond appropriately when it gets it out into the spinal cord and out into the body. With that all said, what you end up getting is you get this like tingling and prickly feel, almost like it's numb, almost like you've lost circulation in the area, but you still have circulation. And that's largely because of this nerve occlusion, because a herniated disc will push on the nerve and cause the nerve not to function appropriately. So 
There are a number of exercises you can do. There are a number of things you can do to try and go ahead and and minimize all of this going on. And so listen to episode 60. Seriously, it's a fantastic episode. The next one we're going to talk about is not one that I know that we have talked about, and that is the diabetic neuropathy. And that is definitely something that does plague musicians, because I know a number of musicians who have had diabetes. I remember the commercials with B.B. King talking about diabetes and having to prick his finger and all of that. And then they had some sort of a new gauge where you didn't have to prick the finger and Anyway, all this to say that I know diabetes does end up affecting a number of our musicians. And sure, it is rough. I mean, if I just read the symptoms from WebMD, it says numbness, tingling, muscle cramps, weakness in the arms and legs, vision problems, indigestion, vomiting, diarrhea. I can't say this, but it's a female thing, dryness, and can't say this, but it's difficulty having something that a male can do, bladder problems, and of course, we're adding to this foot problems, this numbness and this tingling. Because essentially what's happening is, is that the sugar that is running rampant in their body, that their pancreas is not sending out enough or any insulin to go try and break the sugar down, essentially is wreaking havoc on all things, all systems of the body. Ultimately, the blood vessels are a big culprit, and the small, tiny ones that get all the way out to the tips of the toes and the tips of the fingers, they have a tough time being able to give the nutrients, get out the waste, get in the oxygen, get out the carbon dioxide to those tissues, those nerves, and that ends up causing this issue. So how do you treat it? Well, one of the big things, of course, is the prescription medication that you can use to be able to help manage it. But a big part of it is diet. It's cutting a lot of the sugar. And I get it. Musicians, we are constantly on the go. Sometimes you just got to grab some Taco Bell or or you got to grab a burger from someplace. You got to get that sandwich from the convenience store. But at the same time, we can be really smart, be proactive and know what we're putting into our bodies. And I know that sounds weird because, you know, all we're worried about is the Nashville number system or whether or not the headstock angle of a Gibson is faulty, or how pretty the top is, and those are all super important, but not as important as you, because remember, you are your greatest asset. Without you, the guitar does not play. It does not sing like you would do. Actually, that reminds me of a story one time I had heard of Chet Atkins who was playing a guitar, and a reporter actually said to him, man, that guitar sounds amazing, and he stopped playing and said, well, how does it sound now? And it's an interesting point, because, yeah, if he's not playing it, the guitar doesn't sound like anything. It is the vessel in which he is able to show what he can do, and the same thing goes for you. You need to take care of your body so that you can continue to do this For not just days to come, not just weeks to come, but for a lifetime to come. Well, it is probably time we start wrapping some of this stuff up. So I'm going to go ahead and lump together lumbar spinal stenosis, 
and cervical neck spondylosis together. And I, they are two completely different things. One's in the low back and one's in the neck. But both of them essentially have a similar premise. Basically, you're not able to get the signal from the foot through the spinal cord and to the brain, and you're also not able to get stuff from the brain through the spinal cord out to the foot. And that happens with that spinal stenosis. The term steno means to narrow. And so in the lumbar, in the low back, basically the hole that the nerve goes through has gotten really small. In the cervical neck, you might go, hold on, how is there a problem in the neck that is going to end up causing a problem in my foot? Well, it makes sense if you've got an issue known as a spondylosis. A spondylosis is where your spine actually starts to come off of it, usually forward, anteriorly. So it goes forward and it causes this pinching off that can happen at the spinal cord, which then, of course, affects everything below it and bringing anything back up to it. So, But I see that one as a little bit more rare. I don't know that people are really dealing with those things. The last two we have are the chronic kidney disease and the B12 deficiency. And we've already kind of covered the chronic kidney disease because if you're not able to get those toxins out of the blood, which is what the kidney does, that's what your urine is. Your urine is the excess water and all the waste products from your blood. So if you have kidney disease, those waste products are going to end up depositing in other areas, other tissues, and will cause issues. Issues in the tissues. Yeah. So let's go ahead and go to B12 deficiency. So how can having an issue with the B12 vitamin cause a numbness, tingling, pain, whatever going on in your foot? which in turn causes you not to be able to play guitar. And this is an interesting one because it can actually cause issues in other areas of your body as well, which makes sense because we've probably heard of some of the conditions like anemias that are a B12 deficiency issue. You have fatigue, there can be weakness and sleepiness, and there can be some numbness and some tingling. And interestingly enough, it can make it all the way to your brain and cause depression and mental confusion and a number of different issues. And it's all because of this lack of B12. So what stops B12 from being able to be absorbed in the body? Well, a lot of it is inflammation. And a lot of it comes from like alcohol abuse and poor diet and other conditions like celiac disease and Crohn's disease and all that. But at the end of the day, once again, we've brought up this situation where your diet may be causing other issues that then cause you not to be able to play guitar. And one of those things can lead to feet issues. But if you have a B12 deficiency, it could also lead to hand problems. It could lead to not being able to remember things well, not being able to focus while you're playing. And nothing is worse than losing the gig because you can't mentally handle what's going on. So these are all things. And, and we're back to, once again, diet, which is crazy because this wasn't meant to be a talk about diet. It was meant to be about foot problems. But sure enough, we find that the diet leads to foot problems. So we've got to watch that. That's a big one we need to watch. Maybe the next one that I do solo should just be like diet. I don't know. 
probably not because then nobody would listen to it. All right. Well, all that to say, we should probably get to final thoughts because I could just go, go, go. And I think this is starting to turn a little bit more into an anatomy lesson, which was not the point. The point was to talk about how to uh, to be aware of what is going on in our bodies and preventing us from being able to play guitar. So in final thoughts, I will say this. First of all, if you thought that this therapy session was the worst ever, don't forget that usually I do this with someone else. We end up having a conversation talking about something way more gear related. So if you despised this talk, then no worries. There's another one coming and we're going to talk about strings and we're going to talk about tone and we are going to talk about lots of randomness that's all guitar related because that's the way we roll here it is guitar related so we're going to get into all of that but the final thoughts for this episode is this make sure you're taking care of yourself make sure that you have the right shoes to get the job done not the right shoes to fit the outfit Make sure that when you are carrying the heavy equipment and you're having to lug all of that stuff, that you're smart with your loads. Yes, it might take a couple of loads. Maybe bring a friend. They can help you. Make sure you're smart when it comes to the surface in which you are traveling on. Maybe it's not the best idea for you to jump off the amp when it is solid concrete. Maybe it's not the best idea to you know climb all the way to the top scaffolding because you think you're part of Pearl Jam. Any of those things. Be smart with what you're doing with your body at certain times. And, of course, diet. Diet obviously makes a huge impact. It may not be an impact that you are noticing today. It may not be the impact you notice at the end of the year, but it is an impact that you will notice eventually if you keep going that route. So with that all said, remember that in all of this, you are the most important thing and you need to take care of you. So this is all the time we have for therapy today. Until next time. Well, that's all the time we have for the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, make sure you leave five stars in a review. Also, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And remember, you are your greatest asset. Until next time.